0: the Lord. Here we are for another great Wednesday night united. We are believing God for some wonderful things. I think I say that every service, but uh, we are, we're believing God to minister to us and to share with us from the scriptures those things that uh, he wants us to see and grasp and to understand uh, in this year uh, that we are having a forward momentum and things are turning uh, for our good amen uh, let 's go to the book of 2 Timothy chapter three, which is where we want to begin tonight and uh, i want to uh, i i I can see a series coming out of this'm i 'm not sure how long it'll be uh, but uh, i uh probably i know it 's been uh three years ago maybe 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 a little more than that. Uh, I first started, my pastor ministered uh, a uh, message on continuing. And uh, uh, it eventually became something he called the art of continuing. It was the art series where he added a lot of different things in there. But all of those years ago, that phrase, continuing, just has stuck with me and I've been kind of meditating on it mulling it over in my spirit and uh, then when he was with us here in uh, in Little Rock um, a couple of uh, months ago uh, he ministered on continuing or the art of continuing and uh, the Lord said to me one morning and I'll give you the entire quote he said consistency is the quality that I find the most lacking in ministers' lives. Now, of course, he was talking to me and and talking about ministers, but that would apply to any believer. And he says, starting and stopping, starting and stopping are the norm, while finishing and consistency are the exception. He said, consistency is rare. Completion is more rare. He said, Paul, through the Holy Spirit, could have instructed Timothy on many things, but he told him to continue in the things that he had learned. He said, if there's no consistency, there's no completion. No completion, no reward. Good intentions are just that, intentions that are good, yet they are intentions that are never followed through on. Completion requires follow-through, commitment, and determination. In short, consistency. In short, consistency. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we want to start here in verse uh, 10, and we'll come back to all these verses. We've got some others to go through, too, but we'll come back to all of these. Uh You know, the job of a pastor, according to the Apostle Paul, is to present the people under their care mature before God, all right, perfect before God. And I made a statement here, uh, I believe it was Sunday when I was ministering, and I talked about pastors ministering series, and that, uh, you know, those series are intended to just keep building a revelation into the life of the people. I have a friend that said, you know, he was talking about me one day and he said he'll take one topic and minister on it for 20 weeks. Well, that's 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 my nature, first of all, to dig into things. And secondly, that's the, the gift of the pastor, is to consistently minister that revelation, that truth, into the life of ...of the people that God's called to our churches. And the the purpose of that is to present those people mature, the King James says perfect, mature before Christ. So see, the goal is not just to stand before Christ, the goal is to stand before Christ mature. The goal is to stand before Christ complete. And that's what, what we desire. And so here in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 10... Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says, but you have fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience. And he says, persecutions, afflictions that came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all, praise God, the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Notice, but continue thou in the things that you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them, and that from a child you've known the holy scriptures that are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scriptures given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now these verses could be titled the value of the scriptures. All right, Paul is is referring. And, and and looking at this, and he's telling Timothy the value of the Scriptures. And Paul reminded his son in the faith of the basics of, of his Christian faith. The basics of his Christian faith. And the first thing he told Timothy was to continue in the things that he had learned. All right? That word continue, it means to remain, to be steadfast, to stay. All right? Be steadfast, remain in what you've learned. One translation says you must go on steadily in those things. All right? You must go on steadily in those things. Another says see that you keep to the teaching that you have been given. See that you keep to the teaching that you have been given. The key here is that you stay with what you've learned all right you stay with it and and you know that that is not just until you get something if we could put it that way it's that's your lifestyle you stay with what you've learned all right that that is the key to continuing to staying to finishing all right the amen hearing is important staying with what you've heard is more important. My hearing's important. Then staying with what you heard is more important. I'm I'm just going to stay with what I've learned. I'm just going to stay with what I've learned. I'm old enough to remember when they started teaching something in school that they called new math. New math. All right? And I remember hearing all of the older folks, they'd say, well, but with this new math nowadays, right? And then you'd hear people, they'd say, I'm just going to stay with it, with it the way I learned it. Amen. Well, I don't know if new math was as bad as they said it was, but here's what I remember. Some of them just said, I'm just going to stay with the way I learned it. If, if it works, I'm just going to stay with it. All right? You have to just stay with the things you've learned. What you've learned, what you've seen in the Word of God, what has worked for you, you just stay with it. You just stay with it. You just continue in that. And we'll get into a little further on this message why that's so important. Amen. But it's, it's vital. Hearing is important. Staying with what you've heard is more important. That's more important. Notice in Hebrews chapter 2, and we want to look here at verse 1. And he's talking about uh, the steadfastness of the word of God. And the writer of Hebrews says, therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip, or that any time we should drift away from them, that we should drift away from them. One translation says, lest perhaps we drift past them. That's the opposite of continuing, the opposite of continuing, because this involves a releasing of what was learned and allowing ourselves to drift away from what we knew was true. See, I have to let go of it. The truth will never let go of me. I've got to let go of the truth. And then I can slip past it. I can drift away from it. Amen. If if you begin to watch people that eventually get over into bad doctrine, they get over into false teaching. It didn't just happen overnight. They drifted away little by little. They drifted away little by little. All right. It was, it was a, a thought here and a, and, a, and a thought there. It was you know, a wrong thought here and a wrong thought there. It was questioning more and more things, at, right? And they just begin to drift away from what they knew to be true or what they had been proven in their lives. It's, it's a problem for me when somebody will minister something and you can see it clearly from the word of god and they'll say this is the answer and this is this is how <clears throat> excuse me how it should be done and then whether it's months or years or however long it is later they'll say well you know well i don't believe that anymore then now now what do i do i've got to question everything right because if you're not sure about that then you're not sure about anything and see it's this drifting just happens little bit by little bit by little bit. I remember I was fishing one time with a friend, and uh, uh, he pulled up alongside the dock, pulled up alongside the dock, and uh, uh, was just sitting there, and he, he left his boat idling there beside the dock, and he just had to jump up, uh, jump up on the dock and grab something real quick. And, uh, well, when he did, uh, he didn't tie the boat off, and uh, the rope fell in the water, and I don't know if I wasn't paying attention or what what was going on. I, I forget exactly how it all transpired, but here's what I do remember: is I looked up from whatever I was doing, and I was a little bit away from the dock because that boat started drifting. Amen. Well, I I had I had to get in the driver's seat and put the gear shift into forward, and throttle it back over to that dock, right, so that it could be tied off so we didn't drift away. All right, it's continuing in what you've learned. Don't allow yourself to drift away from what you've learned. This is so important. This is so important because there there are challenges that will come in all of our lives. There are situations and circumstances that will arise. And if you don't stay anchored, if you don't continue in what you've learned, you'll drift away from it. Circumstances will try to push you away. Situations will try to push you away. The pressure of the devil will try to push you away. People will try to push you away. You've got to know what you know and know what you know so you don't drift away from it. You have to know it. Amen. I've got to know that this is the truth. I'm not going to allow myself to drift away from what I know is true. Amen. The ability to stick with the truth is the answer to most people's circumstances, the ability to stay with the truth. All right. If you can stand for the truth, you'll always win. But there's a time you've got to stand for the truth. Truth always wins. It always wins. And it may not win overnight and it may not win in a week, but it always wins. When you stay with and continue in the truth, you always end up on the winning side. It's just, it's just how it works because truth always wins. Truth cannot be defeated. It will always come out. Glory to God. But the key is here, notice, he said, lest at any time we should let them slip, all right, or allow them to drift away. Allow ourselves to drift away. And so that's, that's why you're always checking the knots of truth in your life. You're always checking, and you're always tightening things up. All right? When, uh, when I was uh, uh, younger and I would travel and play music, uh, each, every band that I played with, uh, we had a, we had a, a song uh, there was a song actually called Tighten Up, and what that song was played for before you you got up and played in front of people, you would go over that song to tighten everything up, tighten up the, the the guitar, tighten up the bass, tighten up the drums, tighten up the vocals, whatever needed to be, to, because you wanted to hit that stage, and you wanted to give them the best performance that you could give them. Here's, here's the thing, you want to always be tightening up the truth in your life, you're You're going around all the time checking the knots of truth in your life and keeping them tied up, all right? Because it's not if a challenge arises. It's when a challenge arises, and you don't want the challenge to arise and you not be in a position to continue in the truth. Because, listen, the whole purpose of a challenge from the devil is to drive you away from the truth. Amen. Anything that he brings into your life is is an attempt to get you away from the truth, to cause you to let go of the truth. I can't drift away from it if I hold on to it. If I hold on to the truth, I can't drift away from it. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, back in 2 Timothy chapter 3, we're going to bounce back and forth from this chapter. Uh, Verse 14, he said, of course, continue in the things that you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of who you learned them. One translation says, and the things that you know are true, which means those things that you're persuaded of, you've been assured of, you're persuaded of. See, continue in what you know is true. Continue in what you're persuaded of. I've heard people say before, well, you know, I went through this and I begin to question everything I believed." Well, this is why they didn't stay with what they knew was true. Amen. You got to stay with what you know is true. You stay with what you know is true. There's no question. And there's any number of subjects that 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 we could you know that we could get into. I've I've known ministers that begin to teach and preach that there was no hell, there was no eternal punishment. Amen. And I've had people say, "Did you ever question that? Never, not one time." Why? I stay with what I know is true. I see it over and over and over and over again in the Scripture. Amen. The Bible says the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, all right, all of them will have their part in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. How much plainer can you be? How can I doubt that? What what happens is somebody's circumstance, somebody's situation. I, I knew a minister one time that went through some things where where his father was concerned. And and uh, his father went through a lengthy illness. Amen. And the man of God that was going through it with him knew that God did not want his father to go through that pain. And so because of his circumstance, he began to believe that God doesn't want anybody to go through pain. So therefore, God will never allow anybody to go through suffering up to and including the lake of fire or hell or eternal punishment. And he made the statement, the only people that are in hell are the people that either the blood of Jesus was too weak to reach or couldn't reach. Well, there's nobody in hell that the blood of Jesus was too weak to reach or that couldn't reach. But he took his circumstance and drifted away from the truth. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? I remember one time Pastor Michelle and I, this was many, many years ago, and uh, we were facing some challenges. We were pastoring, and we were facing some challenges. And at that time, Pastor Michelle was actually working a job that she worked nights. And uh, uh, she would come to, uh, to church on uh, Sunday morning and uh, uh, sing on the praise team and minister if need be. And then uh, Sunday uh, evening, she would do the same thing. And she would come and minister. And then she would have her uniform uh, with her. And she would go put her uniform on at home and then take off working nights. Oh, hallelujah. And one night she was on her way uh, to that job. And she was listening to some uh, uh, worship music and just worshiping the Lord and crying because we're facing these challenging situations amen and 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 she was talking to the lord she felt like everything that god had promised and and felt like that everything that Uh, that that the Lord had said about her ministry, that it it was in danger because of the situation that we were going through. And the Lord basically said this. I don't remember the exact words, but I remember the jest of what he said to her. He said, you got to get a hold of that, because if you keep questioning this, it's going to go all the way back down the line to your salvation, and you're going to start questioning whether or not you're saved. What was he saying? Hey, Michelle, continue in the truth that you know. Right? Continue in the truth. And you know, she made the decision. She made the decision that she was going to stand for what she knew was true. It wasn't long after that. I said, honey, you gotta quit that job. We gotta quit. And I remember the night we drove and dropped her uniform off to them, and she just walked off that job. I know we didn't give a notice. We didn't, we just quit. Right? But it wasn't long after that, God turned the whole thing around. Because we continued in what we knew to be the truth. Oh, hallelujah. Questions come. But 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 listen, when you start questioning the truth, you're questioning your foundation. This is what you're founded on is the word of God. Oh, glory to God. See, that's why they didn't stay with the truth they didn't stay with what they knew was true when i stay with what is true circumstances can't move me cannot move me when when i stay with what is true experiences can't move me opinion cannot move me winds of doctrine cannot move me because you know what is true You stay with what is true. This is a choice. Staying with what you know to be true is a choice. Amen. Because the truth is to be the standard for the believer. That's the standard for the believer. That's why I say this all the time. You take the Bible literally wherever possible. If if the scripture that you're reading is symbolic, if it's figurative, uh, or if a a typical language is used, then look for the literal truth that it's wanting to convey because scripture will interpret itself, right? Every scripture will interpret itself. There's something in the Bible that tells us why that's there. But I've got to continue in the truth. So important. Never doubt the word. Never doubt the word. Amen. Matter of fact, just look at your neighbor and say it out loud. Say, never doubt the word. See, never doubt the word. You've got to get to that place where you never doubt the word. I didn't say that doubt won't try to come. You don't ever doubt the word. This is what the Word said, and this is what I'm going to do. I've told you the story of the devil fighting my mind, and I put, I, I'm not telling you to do this. I physically put my Bible on the floor and stood on it and said, Here I stand on the Word, devil, and I'm not moving. I'm not moving. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know what? It's not that the challenges have ever gone away. As a matter of fact, the challenges have got bigger. I look back on the challenges that I was facing then, and dear Lord, they seem like the biggest things I'd ever faced. They are minuscule compared to what we have to deal with today. But here's the issue. In the Spirit, I'm still on the Word saying, Here I stand, devil. I'm not moving. Here I stand. I'm not moving. Because you cannot allow doubt of the Word to come in. Amen. Even if everything's going completely opposite of what the Word says. Amen. It could be something like, you know, you believe that your healing was paid for over 2,000 years ago, and you're not trying to be healed. You are the healed. And your body can be speaking absolutely opposite to that. It can feel everything but healed. It can look everything but healed. The report from the doctor is saying you are everything but healed. What do you do? You stay with what you know is true. The Word. You stay with that. Amen. That's continuing in the Word. That's continuing in what you know to be true. You know it to be true. Amen. I've, I've seen people before. The Lord would heal them, and then they might go through another challenge, and it would start shaking their faith. The Lord already healed you. You know it's true. You know it's true. Don't allow the circumstance, the counterattack of the enemy to get you to stop staying with the truth. Glory to God. Amen. Then remember that's what the Lord said. He said consistency is the trait I find lacking the most in ministers and we would say believers. Consistently, consistency. Hallelujah. Stay with what you know to be true. That is continuing. That is continuing. Because listen, the word will change the circumstance if you stay with the word. The circumstance never changes the word. Do do you understand that? The circumstance doesn't change the word. The word will change the circumstance if you stay with it. Hallelujah. But there are people that I've known in the past, they'll come to you if something doesn't go right or if they're facing a challenge, and they'll say, well, I thought the Word said, oh, it does. It does. Well, I thought the Word said, you know, that, that, that He would take all my sickness and all my disease. It does. It does. Well, then why am I still sick? Now, wait a minute. The Word says He'll take it. The Word says He'll keep it away from you. The Word says with His stripes you are healed. The Word says with His stripes you were healed. Now, now bear with me on this. So if I am and I was, then I am. That's the truth. Right? So, so what does that mean? The sickness then is not the truth. It's there, but it's not the truth. Don't get sidetracked and start continuing in the circumstance and not continuing in the Word. Listen, to grab a hold of the fact that you're sick means you got to let go of the truth that you're healed. I can't hold both of them. I can't be sick and be healed. I can't be prosperous and be broke. Now, remember what I said? I might look broke, but I'm prosperous. I might look sick, but I'm healed. Right? It might look like everything's going wrong, but all things are working together for my good. See, I'm continuing in the truth. Here I stand, devil, on the Word, and I'm not going to be moved. I'm governed by what the Word of God says. I'm governed by the Scripture. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, he says here in verse 14, Again, continuing the things you've learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom you've learned them. Knowing of whom you've learned them. One translation says, knowing who your teachers were. Another says, well aware from who you learned. The Weiss Bible says, knowing the person from whom you personally learned them. Now, this is crucial in continuing. Hallelujah. Having a pastor in your life is crucial where continuing is concerned. It's crucial where continuing is concerned. A spiritual father, spiritual mother. Amen. I've never seen anyone quit who stayed close to their pastor. Never. I've never seen that. But here's what I have seen. I have seen a lot of people quit that drifted away. Number one, from the Word, and then number two, from the local church and from their pastor the enemy's always wanting to separate you from the body of believers all right because that's that's where a large part of your strength is amen that's why the bible says when you come together in the in the local church and you're there together in church that you're edifying one another you're encouraging one another the Greek says you're spurring each other on, you're cheering each other on. If I'm going through a challenge, if I'm going through a circumstance in my life and I come to church, somebody, a brother or a sister will be there and they'll put their arm around them and they'll say, look, it's going to be okay. You're going to make it. You're going to get through this in the name of Jesus. Uh, you know, victory is just, victory is sure. Amen. I remember one time Dr. Dufresne, Ed Dufresne, telling a story, and it was actually, I read it also in his book, but I heard him tell it, uh, he was pastoring his church there in California, I believe it was Torrance, California at the time, and uh, in any event, uh, he was uh, uh, out of town and Dr. Summerall came to minister at his church, and he was going through some challenges at the time. Uh as as a matter of fact, he uh, he was facing the divorce. Uh, his wife was divorcing him. And uh, uh, this is all public knowledge in his book. I'm not saying anything that has not been stated publicly. But here's the thing. Dr. Summerall was there ministering, and he left one of his cards underneath the glass on Dr. Dufresne's desk. And basically... Uh, I, I, I won't say the exact words. I don't remember all the exact words. But basically it was edifying him. It was encouraging him. And he was telling him, Brother Ed, how precious you are to me. And he said, those that won't quit always win. You just got to keep going. That's what happens when you have a pastor, a spiritual father in your life, when you can come to the local church and you're edified by the brothers and the sisters, you're edified by the fellow believers, and you've got a man or a woman of God speaking into your life. And, and here's the thing you know who you've learned that from. Amen. Hallelujah. If 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 there's an issue that I see many times in the church today, it's it's now when I say this, please bear with me. All right, don't jump off the boat before I get done. I, I I hear so much talk about my ministry and what God wants me to do. Well, I understand we've all got something to do for God, and I understand in some context of the word, we all have a ministry. Amen. But, but here's, here's the thing that, that I want to bring out tonight that will help you in continuing. Who is going to carry on the revelation that God gave your spiritual father, your pastor, your spiritual mother? Who's going to carry that on? And who's going to see that that revelation doesn't leave the earth? Or is not lost. I, we won't take the time to go there, but in the book of 2 Kings, you've read it over and over again, where it talks about uh Elijah and Elisha, and Elisha uh knew that the Lord was going to take Elijah, and you know, he followed him, followed him from from uh uh Bethel to jo- to uh Jericho to Jordan, and then he was taken up in uh the, 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 the whirlwind. Isn't it interesting, if you've ever read it closely, it says, And Elisha took up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. I was reading that one day, and the Lord said, It was Elijah's mantle that Elisha picked up. Do you know it never ceased to be in Elijah's mantle? Elijah's mantle that Elisha picked up. And then he went and he smote the waters, and he said, where's the Lord God of Elijah? And the waters split, and he went across, and the 50 sons of the prophets that were watching, watch. It says, oh, the spirit of Elijah does rest on Elisha. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's so interesting. He picked up Elijah's mantle and carried it on. He picked up Elijah's mantle. You've got so many ministers that are trying to reinvent the wheel, and God's already given them a ministry. Stay with what you've learned. Know who you learned it from, and just continue in that and carry on what they started in the earth. Carry it on. That's so important. When uh, when uh, Moses died, and you know Moses died because of disobedience. He disobeyed God. And uh, God chose Joshua, and Moses laid hands on him and put some of his honor on him. Oh, glory. What does that mean? Joshua was not God's first choice to take the people into the promised land. His choice was Moses. But Joshua very humbly and very honorably accepted the charge. And then Moses, of course, passed away. When you read, when the people of uh, Israel went over into the promised land, the Bible says concerning Joshua that the Lord did that Joshua did all that the Lord commanded Moses. In other words, Joshua wasn't sitting back saying, when do I get my shot? When do I get to start my ministry? When do I get to do my own thing? When do I get to go? When do I get to this? When do I get to that? Listen, you may get to go do it, but it has to be, under the guise of I want to continue what God has started with the same thing, the same revelation that impacted my life, I want to go and carry that to other people. It's not about promoting a person. It's not about promoting a man or a woman. It's, it's this. When you get concerned about just doing your own thing, you can move away from those that taught you the scriptures that changed your life. Hallelujah. And you don't ever want that to happen. You don't ever want that to occur. Oh, hallelujah. This is important. Then he said in verse 10, he said, You have fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my charity, my patience. One translation says, My teaching, my conduct, my person, my purpose, and my faith. In other words, you know what I've taught. You know how I conduct my life. You know my faith. Oh, hallelujah. In other words, I'm a good example. Do what I'm telling you, and you'll stay safe. The Moffat translation says, My patience, my love my steadfastness. What does that mean? You know my walk in the Spirit. You know my walk in the Spirit. Glory to God. Do you see that? I, uh, when God moved us into pastoring, and we did not know at the time that it was going to be full-time pastoring. When I started pastoring, uh, I was working a full-time job. Uh, As a matter of fact, when we started pastoring, uh, I was working the help desk of the insurance company corporation that I worked for. And uh, I mean, I really had no designs on, you know, quitting my job and and pastoring that church full time because number one, I just started pastoring the church. Uh, They weren't paying a lot of money at the time. And, uh, you know, I, I believe that the Lord wanted us well taken care of. But here's the thing, here's the thing. Uh, eventually, you know the story. The Lord told me, He said, February twenty second, nineteen ninety nine is your last day on your job, and so I made arrangements. Now I'd been fasting and praying, seeking the Lord uh, at at that point for well for years, all right? About the plan of God for our life. And during that time, God had placed me in a position in a church as an assistant pastor where I was basically learning on the job, but I wasn't having to make the, the, the day-to-day financial decisions. I wasn't having to, to do the, the daily care of the church. I was preaching because the pastor was ill and, and, and could not preach and, and, and was not well to be able to minister all the time. So I was ministering on Monday evenings. I was ministering on Wednesday evenings. I was ministering Sunday morning, Sunday night. And, and here's the thing. I was learning. I was learning. I remember one time there was an evangelist there, and he happened to be on the board of this ministry that we were a part of. And uh, we all rode over together to go to the pastor's house. We were going to fellowship. And uh, we got out of the out of the uh, vehicle, and I was talking to this evangelist. And to say that I had great respect for him would be wrong. I respected him. I, I liked him. But I didn't have great respect for him because there were some things that, that I knew were going on that I didn't respect, per se. And uh, in any event, uh, the issue came up of the pastoring of the church. And I made the statement, something to the, the effect of, you know, I, I believe God wants me to pastor, I, I just don't, I can't see it, you know, where I'm at. And he made the statement. He looked at me and he said, well, could it be that God has raised you up a house here? Meaning that you're going to take over this church? Well, when he said that, it just didn't sit right with me. I just knew something's not right there. Amen. Well, here, here's why. The the person that that was the pastor at the time, they, they had never done anything wrong to me. They had made me their assistant pastor. They had put me on the board of the ministry. Uh, they had most of the time stood with me even when people disagreed with something I had said or something of that nature. I had no reason to want that person's ministry. No reason at all to want that person's ministry. They had worked. They had sweat. They had they had prayed and got that land and built those buildings. It was, listen, here's what I'm trying to get you to see. It was not my place. It was not my place to say it's my time, and I'm going to go with this. See, God had put me there. Notice this. God had put me there to see some things. God had put me there to learn some things. And when we started pastoring full-time... I didn't know everything about pastoring, but I I did know this. I did know that if I was going to pastor the church, I had to pastor the church. And I knew I had to live a life. I knew I had to live a life that people could look at and say, I know my pastor lives right. I know my pastor lives what he preaches. That had to be in effect. That helps and aids people in continuing. I remember I was at a meeting one time. Uh, it was a meeting that Pastor Caldwell had with uh, m- people in ministry that were his spiritual sons and daughters. And we were there, and there was a couple there that used to go to uh, Agape Church when Pastor uh, was the the lead pastor there. And this man made a statement that it, it's not profound, but it just impacted me because. Uh, Pastor would always talk about how every Saturday night he spent his whole Saturday evening in preparation for Sunday morning. Uh, Matter of fact, all day is Saturday is what he said. And this man that was sitting there, they they were going around the table asking people if they had anything to say. And he said, I want to say that it always made me feel so confident knowing that that ever what I was doing on Saturday night, my pastor was at home studying the Word, getting ready for Sunday morning. What did that do? That aided in that man's continuing, staying with it, staying with it. Oh, hallelujah. If you've ever had a workout buddy, a running buddy, a walking buddy, all right, and, and, and you know, That they're going to get out of bed in the morning because they know you're depending on them. What does that do? That will help you continue in your physical fitness. Right? It will get you out of bed. Because I know they're going to be there. They're going to be down there to meet me. Or they're going to come get me. Or they're going to be at the gym. It will help you Continue. And you know there are mornings you don't want to get out of bed. It's cold, it's rainy, it's whatever. I'm tired or whatever the case may be, but I know my buddy's going to be there waiting on me. So I need to get up. I need to roll back these covers and 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 right? Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you see that? When I think about my pastor and his commitment to the things of God and his commitment to the Word of God and his commitment and his life and, and, the, and the, uh, the legacy that he's left and the integrity and the character, oh, my Lord, it, it makes me want to go harder after the things of God because I've got a legacy to live up to. This is so important. He said, you've seen this. And then verse 11, persecutions, afflictions that came to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all, the Lord delivered me. All that I went through at these places. You've watched what I went through. I've watched over the years that I've been associated with my pastor. I've watched him. And his wife go through things. I've watched them face physical challenges. I've watched them face other challenges, and you know what? I've watched the Lord deliver them out of them all. It helps me continue. It helps me continue. Oh, hallelujah! You know, there, there, there's people in art. There's people here tonight. You've watched, Pastor Michelle and I face challenges. There are people that know more than others do, but you've watched us face challenges financially. You've watched the ministry face financial challenges, and you've watched the Lord deliver us out of them all. There are people here tonight that remember when most of my leadership left in one week, they all left and took with them $3,000 a month Income. You watch that. You, you watched over the next six months how Pastor Michelle and I barely took a check. Amen. But you watched God deliver us. And you watched God make our ministry stronger, make the church stronger. Oh, hallelujah. Right? What does that make you want to do? Continue. Continue. Oh, glory to God. Do you see that? You saw the Lord deliver me. When you watch the people who taught you the word face things and overcome them, it'll cause you to want to continue in the word. Because this is not just something we teach as a job. This is a life that we teach. So we're not so much teaching just faith as we are teaching a life of faith. Glory be to God. Amen. Well, well, do, do you think the Lord will deliver my family? I'll tell you what, he delivered Pastor's family, he'll deliver mine. Right? Well, well, can the Lord bring us out of debt? I'll tell you, he brought Pastor out of debt. He can bring me out of debt. Oh, glory to God. You think God would give me that kind of house? Did you see the house he gave, Pastor? I mean, I do that all the time. Amen. Amen. Because that helps me continue. Helps me continue in the things that I've learned because I know who I learned it from. I know who I learned it from. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And, and let me try to wrap this up with this. And in the day and age we live in, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's, it's not rare, but, you know, if you have a pastor, and I know you do, if you have a pastor that says, I'm not going to compromise my morals, I'm not going to compromise godly living, no matter what, I'm going to live right, I'm going to do right, the blessing of God will rest on that church. And, by, and, by, and, and just by affiliation, the blessing of God will rest on you because you're affiliated with the place where the blessing of God's on. Don't ever take that lightly. I learned not to take that lightly. To, to have a pastor that's never had a hint of scandal in his life, to have a, a pastor that's never had a hint of wrongdoing in his ministry, that's precious. That's precious. And we endeavor to keep the things that way. I'm talking about I think that way about my pastor. And we endeavor to keep things that way in our ministry. As you continue in the word, I can tell you by experience, no matter what you face, you'll overcome it. You'll overcome it if you'll just stay with the word, just stay with the truth. Amen? I believe God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the Word tonight. We thank you for the power of the Word. We thank you for the ministry of the Word, that it has the ability to constantly affect change in our lives. And Father, no matter how long we've known it, no matter how long we've studied it, we consistently, continually receive revelation from the Word of God, and we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good tonight? Praise the Lord. Well, let's stand on our feet. Every-